Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 59, where in a moment we dig into the subject of how to trace a lost pension. But if you've got a general financial query, you're in the right place because we've got an enormous resource of free advice right here. You can access it all simply by delving into our back catalogue of shows. Loads of stuff there, you name it, we've done it pretty much. And last week we looked at workplace pensions with our guest Robert Cochrane, a retirement expert from Scottish Widows. We're delighted he's joining us again for this one in just a moment. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, you'll get us there. Like I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find the previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. Now, while you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, maybe tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. And welcome once more, retirement expert from Scottish Widows, Robert Cochran. Hi, Robert. Thanks for being on again. Hi, good morning, guys. I'm delighted to be on. Phil, let me start with you for this one. I, I'm delighted we're doing it because this is exactly the kind of thing that I love our podcast for. Uh, addressing the fear of losing paperwork down the back of that drawer, the one where you keep all the stuff that you need, always spewing over it, and then when you're looking for that one thing, you can never find it in there. And the next time you're searching for something else, it's the first thing you trip over and you get a paper cut from before bleeding over everything else that's in there. Now, this is the show that addresses these real-life fears. So tell me, if you lose your pension paperwork down the back of that drawer and you move house before, say, the next annual update from that pension provider. Is that it? Have you lost it? Yeah, well, one of the things um, this weekend on the, the 31st of October, it's the UK's first national pension tracing day. With the clocks going back at the end of the month, it's an ideal opportunity to spend that extra hour looking to trace your, your lost pensions. I think Robert had mentioned that on, on last week's show. So we, we've kindly got Robert back on again this week to, to help us take us through the various options to try and track down and, and trace your lost pension. So it's great to, to have Robert back with us again this week. Fabulous. Okay, Robert, October 31st. I should be sticking on my false nose and getting ready to pretend I'm not in so I can scoff all the sweets my missus has got in for the local kids guising. Why has Halloween, October 31st, been chosen as pension tracing day? Well, it's actually a coincidence this time because the reason the date was chosen was, as Phil said, because the clocks are going back and it's a little bit of a gimmick. It's just to say to people, look, you've got an extra hour. You know, not, not many people actually want to spend their time chasing down the lost pensions, but you've got an extra hour this day. So use your extra hour uh, to go and track down those lost pensions. But was it also as well to, to coincide with Halloween so that it, it was like the something it was scary that you could lose your pensions? Was that the <laughs> other thing as well? Well, yeah, uh, we'll we'll market it any way we can, Phil. But each year it will change date to be the date when the clocks go yeah. back, rather rather than stay October the thirty first. Uh, so that that that's the that's the theory behind it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I've been looking at and I think it's a great thing. Anything that raises awareness is, is good. So hope, hopefully it'll be something I'll promote quite a lot this, this week. And it's something that hopefully will help people to, to track down and, and find their, their missing pensions. Not only that, but also just to, to review their pensions in general. It's always very important. But I, I've been looking into some of the numbers and statistics here, Robert, and actually they're, they're potentially quite staggering. I mean, people have on average 11 jobs throughout their working life and move home 
on average eight times. So it's no surprise with with people moving about that that things do go missing. We're seeing an increase in the number of people building up small pension pots. They move job, move house, misplace the paperwork or or forget what they've got, which is easy to to do as well. And I think the the government estimates that the, the number of small pension pots is due to increase rapidly over the the coming years. One thing that the government are working on at the minute is a a pensions dashboard to try and help. Is that something you can tell us a wee bit about, Robert? Yes, so uh, pensions dashboard, not here yet. They're planning to start introducing it from 2023. To be fair, it's had a couple of of delays. The ambition is brilliant here, right? So everybody's got like a national insurance number. So the idea is that everyone will have like a it'll be like their national insurance number and that's linked to each of the pension pots that they hold so you'll be able to go into a government website and that will have a pension finder service you can type in your details and it goes off and finds all of your pensions and then brings them back and presents them to you on the screen so that's that's the ambition and it, and it exists in other countries so if you're in australia for example you just type in your tax code reference and it will pull all your pensions together now we've got a long history in this country of having pensions so people will have had them going back years and years and years and not all of those systems are all that super digital yet so the the i don't expect we'll get there at 2023 for everything but over time we should be able to make this stuff a whole lot simpler than it currently is to try and find all those lost pensions that people have got just as a as a ballpark figure how many pension pots are missing robert well the abi which is the association of british insurers suggests there's 1.6 million unclaimed pension pots worth a staggering almost 20 billion pounds <laughs> and and that because of auto enrollment we're expecting that by the time we get to 2050 we could see 50 million pension pots unclaimed so it's huge the numbers are the numbers are huge what i would say from my own experience is that most people underestimate the number of pensions that they have you know they can when we do do a research most people think they've got under three i don't believe that's the case you know, if you're if you're in your forties or fifties, you're likely to have had a few jobs, and and as you moved around, you probably accumulated pensions over that time. My own experience is, you know, if I think back to when I was a student, I was a waiter in Garfunkel's restaurant in Bath Street in Glasgow, and some guy came round came round and contracted us out of the, of pension system, got protected rights policy that Phil and all about. You know, and I, I went and tracked that down. So I'll, I'll tell you about that in a couple of minutes. But um, so you had a pension then, and then I went off to work for McDonald's, and then, and when I worked for McDonald's, I got a Mick pension. And I'm not joking; it's actually called a Mick pension. <laughs> so you know, each you know, even though that I was much younger then, each job I had still had a pension then. And, and people forget about that stuff when you think about you know where where my pension pots are. And I could have accumulated quite a bit of money in those old policies. I always wonder what happens to the money that isn't claimed or matched to someone. Does it go to like the Christmas party fund for these pension providers, Phil? You know, that's something not 100% sure. I know years and years ago, the, the mutual insurers, the, the missing or money that was unclaimed used to go into a pot and it was shared with their, their with profits fund policy holders. But I, I'm not so sure that's the case now. I don't know. Is that something you know much about, Robert, the, the Scottish Widows? Yeah, we we have a we have a whole department for what we call gone aways and unclaimed assets, and what they do is they they use a whole range of tracing services to try and track people down. So they use things like um, you know your credit credit agencies, they use bank details. So they try and 
amalgamate that information to find people and, and reunite them with their, with their lost assets. I think one of the great things is that fintechs, so you know, new technology apps are going to help make that easier. So in actual yeah. fact, last week, last week I spent some time with our team that are doing that tracing and a new, a new app that's just about to come to the market where people can put in all their old addresses and then it will use various data points from banks, credit agencies and various other resources, including like, you know, um, uh, government agencies, bring all that stuff together to try and reunite people with their money. So it's, yeah. a, it's a really big thing. That's brilliant. At, at the minute, what tools do the government currently have to, to help people track down their pensions? Is there any like websites you can go to or, or anything that they offer at, at the present time? Yeah, I mean, just if you just go into the main uh, government pension uh, and just go in, they've got a pension, sorry, the main government website, they have a pension finding service. So if you just type in um, track my lost pension, make sure though, or if you track your look, if you go doing that, make sure you go to the government sites, either the government site or Money Helper, which is a government agency. Those two don't be fooled into starting your journey with uh, a company that's pretending to be yeah, a government you know, tracing I've, service. I've seen that. I, I've seen that more and more. I, I remember once previously I typed in just like pension tracing service and up comes, I think it was a financial advice firm trying to say, oh, well, we'll do all of this for you. I, I've seen that sort of thing plenty in, in the past as well. So you're dead right there. What I'll do is I'll, I'll post the link to the, the government site on the on, on our various social media channels um, so, so people can get that as well. So yep. no, thanks very much for that, Robert. That's a, a really good point there as well about people in, in this days are scams and scamming as yep. well it's, it's really important to to kind of look at the the proper places for things just let me take you back to to, to the government one robert does that yep. does that cost anything no it, it doesn't cost anything at all uh, and, and it helps you track down most types of pensions so pretty much anything except nhs civil service or teachers or armed forces because they've got their own search agencies but anything else so you know personal pensions workplace pensions it allows you to track all that stuff down and i did a bit of testing this morning and i mentioned i had that old policy i took out when i was a waiter back in my late teens early 20s and you know i'm able to track down that that company now and then gives me the details to contact them and, and, and find whatever money my tips and that went into <laughs> back in back in those days i was going to ask but you, you've already answered it about what type of pension you can track down on the the government service as well so you you've kind of answered that one already yeah well, well, well how it works, uh, Phil, is so if you don't know, if you can remember the name of the pension company that you were with, you can type in the pension company. If you can remember the name of your employer, and bear in mind, employers often been bought and turned into other companies and that kind of stuff. You, you remember where you worked, uh, what the name of that company was, and maybe what years you worked there. And if you can type in that kind of information, it will then say to you, well, you know, for example, you you were with uh, you were with so let's say I was with Garfunkels, and then they they were part of another group, I think City Centre Restaurants, and they had a pension scheme with uh, let's say it was um, NPI, who then got bought by AMP, that then became another company. Yeah. So it tracks that stuff for you and tells you who you need to contact. Exactly the same. My Windsor Life one is no longer Windsor Life. It's uh, I think it's Swiss. I say all the companies end up getting taken over by somebody else or merging and. Um, oh, cricky! It's the the names change so often with, with some of them, and it's incredible. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it's still not completely straightforward, so you still need to know a bit of information, mm. and that's why we need a pension dashboard to to take the friction out of this. Yeah, I was going to, I'm just going to say, you know, g- given that just about everything tangible representing your pension has been mislaid, the very minimum details that you could probably get away with are, are, are things like you were just talking about there, like, you know, well, I worked there, say, between, you know, 92 and 94, or and, and the name of the place then was, you know, that you still need a fair bit, don't you? Yeah, I mean, you've got to think about the name of the employer that you work for, and then you can either search for that in Google or you can search for it through the um, through the pension tracing service from the government. I mean, if you're re- if you're really struggling, you can also contact something called Money Helper, uh, which is used to be called the Pensions Advisory Service, but it's now a government agency called Money Helper, and they're really good. And you can phone them up; and they could probably help you talk you through some of this stuff. They can also provide you with letters to send to the companies uh, with the bits of information that will help them track you down. So there's you know two good resources there from um, the government and from Money Helper. Um, and, and yeah, like I say, there's the, there's the help there to try and guide you into that. But don't feel put off by this because it's your money. Yeah. You know, it could be a considerable pot of money as well. I think these days, I mean, most people can can get online, but I know if, if someone can't get online, they, they can't. There is phone numbers that they can telephone as well to contact the, like the pension tracing through the, the government website, or not the website, but the, there's phone numbers there. But Aye. one thing that, that I was wondering, Robert, is if, if your former employer isn't trading anymore or maybe they've been taken over by someone else, that's going to make it more difficult to, to kind of track down, isn't it? Well, that's the way this uh, this system works, Phil. It, it, if you put in the name of your employer, it should tell you if they've been taken over and it should tell you what happened to their scheme. Okay. So, you know, that, that that's the way this works because that's the biggest problem a lot yeah. of people have. You know, thinking back 15 years ago, you know, loads of companies have changed names since that's then. That. Most companies have probably changed names. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, it does help you with that. You, you mentioned the, the efforts that companies like Scottish Winners, like your own, do to try and track people down. Was it the, the gone away? <laughs> yeah, gone away. Yeah, yeah, the gone aways. Um, is this quite a common? I mean, do Scottish Winners, Scottish Winners stand alone in that, or is it quite a common no. thing now? No, it's a, it's a common thing. And, and interestingly, the, the ABI, which is Association of British Insurers, they have like working parties to try and share best practice across all the different pension organisations. And, and like I say, I do think that technology will solve this. This is what this decade I call the connected 20s, when all of your finances will get connected together, the data will get connected. And over the by the end of this, you'll be able to just type in a code and be able to see what you've got. But we're not there yet. You know, this is only the start of the 20s. By the time we get to the end of this decade, I think it'll be quite a different position from what we're in just now. Yeah. And, and we'll be... Just now, you, just, just now you still have to do the hard work. Yeah. Uh, well, back to, to searching for yourself, Robert. Once you've tracked a pension down, what do you do at that point? Well, first thing to do is make sure you update your details. Um, Phil mentioned about number of times people move house. When people move house, you should be updating your details with your pension providers uh, so that they then know where to send the stuff to um, so first of all update your details and then it's worth while reviewing uh reviewing your pensions i mean that's probably something that you're involved with phil as yeah, well reviewing I, I, people's that pensions. Was, yeah that was one thing i was going to say i mean I, I think when people do track down the pensions it's a great opportunity for them to speak to a financial advisor and, and take some financial advice because the financial advisor can then review things like 
what's the charges on the policies, how is it performing? So that, that would be the one thing I would, would urge. And another thing I would say as well is if if you stay in a property and you, you maybe moved in and, and you let's say you get some correspondence through the person that stayed there before, all you need to do is, if it's not for you and they've, they've not redirected their mail, just set, simply write, down on the envelope and send it back that the person no longer lives there and that'll help companies like Scottish Widows to see that somebody has gone away and that they, they have moved so that that's a, a kind of just an extra thing to, for people to do as well. It's something we've queried before now but I'd love to get your take on it Robert. Is it worth combining your old pensions? Uh, well it definitely can be and can be for a few reasons. So one of the ones you know, Phil mentioned already is cost so over time Generally, pension costs have gone down, contract costs have gone down. So the you know the cost of uh, the charges on the scheme in 2021 tend to be a lot less than they were in 2011, and certainly are a lot less than they were in 2001. So you know you've generally seen a downward pressure on price. So if you've got old policies there, there's a there's often uh, if you move them to your new policies, it can bring the cost down. And there's a convenience piece as well. You know, if you put, if you, if you're losing track of all of those pension pots, you've got 11 pots. That's too many to have, right? Uh, with all those different places, it's too difficult to manage. So you want to put them into certainly a smaller number, and often going uh, putting them into where your current workplace is is a good way because you can see the money that's going in there. You're much more likely to keep an eye on it. So there's a couple of things to watch out for there, I guess, which are, you know, have you got any guarantees or extra benefits on your policies and, and that's not really going to be an anything that you've done in the last 20 years it's only going to be stuff that's a way older than that second thing to watch out for is if you got have you got defined benefit benefits so final salary type benefits so things like if you were a teacher or you were a in the armed forces or something like that you'll have a different kind of pension or if you maybe work for a big like me i work for a bank now you know about 25 years ago or whatever 20 years ago it was a final salary scheme and you would leave that money because it's more complicated and you definitely need any financial advice but anything that you've had that's what we call you know, defined contributions to a group pension, group personal pension, stakeholder pension, any of that kind of stuff. It doesn't have any of those extra benefits. And it's likely that uh, your current schemes are going to be more cost effective and uh, than, than the ones you'd have had in the past. Yeah, we, we actually did a, a podcast on, on that. I think it was episode 31 where we looked at should you transfer your pension or switch your, your pension. So that, that's the thing. We're now up to, well, this is episode 59. So there's quite a lot of, like, it's great for me because I can often refer back to a lot of the shows that we've done previously as well. Uh, another question for you, Robert, what, what about the state pension? How does someone find out what they'll get from that? Okay. Uh, so we've mentioned government website already. Um, state pension, it's actually dead easy as long as you know your government gateway ID. So you've got some way of going in and registering uh, uh, to the government website. So if you do a you know, tax return or anything like that, you'll have a government gateway ID. If, if not, you can apply for that online. And if you want to know exactly what you're on track to get and when you're on track to get it, that is the way to do it. Log into the government just type in state pension uh, you, you know and go to the government site and it will tell you exactly what you're on track to get or when you're on track to get it and can you do anything to make get you up to the full amount because as i say it's 179 pounds 60 a week just yeah. now if you don't have that information you just want to play around with it you can go to the money helper website and you type in a bit more information and they'll give you they can easily tell you what when you're 
likely to get your pension, but they can't give you the exact details of what you're on track to get. As often happens in this show, Robert, I, I pick up terms or names and have no real clue what they're about or which element of financial services they represent. I'm going to chuck in another here because it sounds like it might be applicable. The unclaimed assets register, would that be something that, that comes into play in this instance? Well, I'm not an expert in that, John, to be honest, but I think that's that's absolutely linked to that gone aways piece that I was talking about earlier on. So I guess if we've gone through every possible way of trying to track you down, then, you know, pots might end up there in the unclaimed assets register. But I'm really not an expert in that. Okay. I okay. think the, the way it works, you, you pay a small fee. The, the, the unclaimed assets register, it can get used by solicitors. I think businesses can use it, but consumers can actually go on there to locate lost money as well. But there is a small fee for, for using that, that service. Okay, so on how to trace a lost pension, let's recap on all of this and get the key takeaway points. Thanks to Robert and yourself. Well, this is ideal if you've lost paperwork for your pension somewhere. Okay. What do we do, Robert? Uh, in a nutshell, what you do is you go into the Government Pension Tracing Service, use the Government Pension Tracing Service to identify who are the right people for you to contact to find out your pension information. You get that pension information through, you update your details, and then you decide what to do with it next. Okay. Now, each week, um, so far as we've covered various topics, Phil's given us a look back over his own life story and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. Phil, today, how do I trace a lost pension? What have you got on that? Yeah, a, a website that, that I use that, that I will share here, which can be quite helpful, and it's free as well as one. It's called policydetective.co.uk. So if, if you know the name of the original provider, you can put that in and then it'll show you who they are now. So for example, if I type in Century Life, it'll then show me that that's now Phoenix Life. Abbey National Life is now administered by Royal London. TSB Life is now Scottish Widows. So it's quite a handy website just to, to put in. If you've got like any old policy documents from, from any of the providers and they, you can't find anything on them these days, you can just put in their name in there and it'll tell you who that has now become. Good advice. What was that address again? It's policydetective.co.uk. And Phil, we always do this bit as well. You find inspiration, I know, through various people that you admire, and you love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on how do I trace a lost pension? Yep, I think this one's from Neil Gaiman, I think is the, the name. Nobody gets through life without losing a few things on the way. Now, um, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if you prefer. Now, let's get on to this week's. I'll give you the contact details you need in just a second. Uh, here's our first question. Hi, Phil. My husband died recently, and I know there's documentation that I have to get altered legally, some of which is financial. Unfortunately, I'm disabled and housebound. I can print things off and post them, but I wondered if there was any kind of penalty for not changing any financial policy details within a certain time after someone dies. I think most companies tend to give you at least 30 days to change things after someone dies. If it's longer than this and you've got good reason, then companies have got to treat people fairly. So I think if you've got a good reason this why you maybe missed that, then that, that would hopefully stack up. But th there'd be a few other questions I would need to ask to, to see. It's like, well, what type of policies is it? Did he have a will? There's quite a number of, sort of questions there as to that would determine the answer to this one. But one thing I would say is, again, the, the government have got a, a service called Tell Us Once service, 
where you report the death on there and you only report it once and they'll they'll then contact other government organisations to, to notify them as well. So that's maybe a, a useful thing for, for this lady to, to look at doing as well. Okay, and obviously we are sorry for your loss. Now, next is, is one from Peter and Glendoy. Peter says, hi, Phil. My missus and I are looking into offering dog vacations. I get a feeling this might be the question that, that breaks you, Phil. We're looking into offering dog vacations. That is to say, when owners go away and have no one to look after their animal, they would have them board with us. Unlike kennels, we offer a domestic home-based environment for the dog for the duration of their holiday, so owners know their pup is in a similar uh, environment as they're ordinarily used to uh, and won't be stressed or panicky upon their return. My question is, do we need to take out any special policies to accommodate that business, given that it will be in our home? Hey, do you know what? You, you maybe thought you had missed stump this week again. You've stumped that a couple of times lately, but my, my partner, Ruth, is actually a, a dog walker. Now, she thought about doing kind of like dog boarding. So it's something she looked into. So that's the only reason I know maybe some of the answer to, to this. But the, the first thing I would say is contact your, your existing home insurance company. That, that would be the, the kind of first thing. The, the second thing is to, to look into, it's called home boarding insurance. Now, there's companies out there that will do this sort of policies, and that includes things like public liability insurance, professional indemnity insurance. It also can include cover that cares for the, the animals as well. So it would cover things like vets fees, theft of an animal, animals in transit, different things like that. So it is worth looking into that type of policy as well. So um, that, that's what I would say there. Okay, I would just say, uh, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics already and we might have touched on what you're interested in. Or you can phone Phil's missus if it's specifically about dog boarding. Uh, I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us today for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. And thank you once again to Robert Cochran for being our special guest. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been talking about or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show? His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question. And like I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming episode. And please be assured, we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. And please follow us on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming on this week and last week, Robert. It's been, been great to have you on. And, and also thanks, not just to yourself, but to, to Scottish Widows. I know that the guys in the office have been really delighted with the service they've had from, from Scottish Widows recently. So um, just want to thank you for, for coming on last week's podcast, this week's, and just to the Scottish Widows overall as well. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Uh, you know, my, my motto, simplifying pensions for people, and that's something that you guys are really doing as well. So glad to be part of it. Thanks very much, Robert. Thanks for listening.